resiliency. I mean, look, even Nicholas just said like a hundred times, Tiger's the best that I've ever seen. Would you all just leave me alone? Stop trying to Let me suffer. I just want to be miserable. Welcome back, everybody, to the Big Players Only Podcast, a partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. We are the best place to catch up on golf from around the world, including the golf of your favorite big players, Ben, Josh, Tyler, Tully, Colin, and Kenny Oneput. We got a lot to get to this week. We'll start with the events from this past week. The AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, which we know got cut short. The Sunday round, which was pushed to Monday and then eventually canceled because of some of the torrential downpours they've had in California. Wyndham Clark, the eventual crown champion after breaking the course record on Saturday. And because there was no PGA Tour event on Sunday, Liv Mayakoba got to steal some of the limelight. Joaquin Neiman and Sergio Garcia go to a playoff. John Rahm's team wins the overall team event. A lot of storylines, and we'll talk a little bit about what we think the uh, deal is with the overall World Golf Ranking points. Joaquin wins on Liv, goes down in the World Golf Rankings. Wyndham Clark wins on the PGA Tour, but doesn't even have to compete in a final round. He goes up in the World Golf Rankings. We'll talk about what we think is going on with that and what it looks like for the majors this year and for years to come. And then we'll fast forward to this week. We have the Waste Management Phoenix Open, an event everyone looks forward to. The beer hole, the 16th hole. Hopefully we get some holes in ones. Lots of beer flying all over the course. And interestingly enough, Liv has a Las Vegas event this week kind of in town with the Super Bowl. You know, I don't think a lot of us are going to be tuning into the Live Las Vegas event, but being in the same town of the Super Bowl is an interesting strategic decision for Liv. We should see lots of storylines, and we'll see if Liv kind of builds on any of the success it had last week in viewership. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. If you haven't yet, head on over to Instagram and follow us at BigPlayersOnlyPod. Thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the episode. All right, the boys are back, and I feel like finally we got lots of golf stuff to talk about. We've had some fun events, but, you know, we got a lot more going on in the golf world right now. We had two good tournaments this past week, the Pebble Beach event on the PGA Tour, and then Live Mayakoba, which ended up stealing some of the limelight because the PGA Tour didn't play on Sunday due to weather at Pebble Beach. Uh, but just a couple notes here to start off. Number one, RIP Toby Keith, man. A real legend a real, dies. That's a real one right there. He's a guy a that one. I loved when I was a kid, but I think I just respected him more, his music, as I got older. It's just classic bangers when you're at the bar. Unreal. <laughs> he golf? Yeah, he did golf. We should be drinking out of Red Solo cups right now. Yeah, where'd you put him in your tippy top a, five last week? He's going to be f- all five songs for the rest yeah. of the Wait, year. Wait, don't tell. This is an audio medium. We can be drinking out of Red Solo cups. They don't know. The audience doesn't know. We're not the liars. Liars. Instagram. Pass that Red Solo cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give me that Red Solo cup real quick. I fill you up. Let's have Was he a any party. Good at I don't think so. But he did play in like the Pebble Beach stuff. Google Tony Keith Hint. Tony. Tony. Tony Keith. Tony Keith. Tony That's so fucking disrespectful. Tony Keith in my head. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. And then a second administrative note. Ken, welcome back to the podcast. We haven't seen you in a few months, so it's nice to have you back. I know my role here. Yeah, I think we were really looking forward to having you for the X-Golf kind of review. But Let's just say when I Googled... Toby Keith handicap. Nothing about golf came up. Yeah, I assume. God, yeah, I know, wait. Sure. We'll try golf handicap. Yeah, nice Google. Yeah, it's good to be back. All right, so let's jump into. <laughs> Actually, I think, can I use this? As a, um, yeah, please take the floor, Ken. My predictions two weeks ago. Um, I didn't know who won the majors. Although 
I know that. Do ben, you want to apologize for any of your predictions? <laughs> well, I it, let me pull them up. I guess I was thinking he won, you know, at the end of the year, you know, but it wasn't a major, and he came in second. But but I know that Ben knew that I was wrong, and I know he outed me on purpose on the podcast. <laughs> See, that's he, what Ken's always going to think. I just po- didn't I fucking read. He was them. just reading on the podcast. Like, oh, I wasn't even paying attention. I, I sounded like reading. Billy Madison in third grade. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, you knew uh, it was funny. Ken, was funny I think it was me, Colin, and uh, Dub that pointed out that you were aggressively wrong on that take. Mm, Not Ben. I, I I'm coming ben, to Ben's defense. I think Ben played it for laughs. Um, so yeah, so Ken's Ken's take that Vic would take home another major when we all knew that Vic didn't have a major, but well, three of us no. knew. We we all did. Vic know. could have two majors this year. But I would, yeah, I, yeah, he's not wrong. I, I would like yeah. to revisit your final prediction about Colin Morikawa becoming world number one. That one feels like unlikely to happen, but I like it a lot. Like it's a fun one. I don't have any good analysis for you. I'm just here. It's a gut feeling, and I just think Scotty's done. I think Scotty's out. I was looking at the world golf rankings on the way over here. Uh, while you were driving, driving. <laughs> wait uh, not only uh, were you called texting light. and driving but now you're looking at golf rankings light. and driving uh, no more incriminating evidence and, here uh, well all I'm going to say is, is at some point in the season there's gonna Scotty's going to be going down and Colin Markow is going to be going up and you guys are going to be getting nervous no. there's a lot of guys in between though yeah but most of them aren't very good well, Ken, thank you for revisiting those topics. They <laughs> okay. brought us a lot of joy, and honestly, I think our listeners love them. Too. We've lost all of our listeners at this did, point. Did no. we get his predictions for his golf game this year? I said 20, yeah, 20, 20 birdies. 20 birdies. Oh, okay. 20 birdies was that's a line, right. and I think that's more than achievable. And that's non-simulator, just a caveat. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. he had like five birdie simulators at golf no AI. last day. Yeah, no AI. Okay, let's turn the page here to Pebble <laughs> Beach from this last weekend, right? So we knew it was an elevated event, so 80-man field, no cut. We were excited for some golf. You know, the conditions were pretty benign. I believe round one, like Spyglass Hill, somehow played easier than Pebble, which was, I think, surprising for a lot of people. Uh, but fast forward to round three, Wyndham Clark, although it's lift clean in place, breaks the course record at Pebble Beach, which is a pretty longstanding record. We know it's been a staple on the PGA Tour for probably like 100 years. So not surprising that he took the lead after shooting the course record, but then PGA Tour decided to bump the final round to Monday knowing there was going to be bad weather on Sunday. The bad weather continues into Monday, and then they end up calling the event. Wyndham Clark takes home a $3 million prize check and all the FedEx Cup points and gets a picture with the trophy, and none of it felt right. It all felt unjust because the leaderboard was kind of stacked with lots of big hitter names like Scotty Scheffler and Justin Thomas just like three or four strokes back. So a little underwhelming, but, you know, another win for Wyndham. Yeah, I mean, underwhelming, I think, is, you know, underselling. Uh, you know, kind of what happened there. You have the first elevated event, first time they've kind of restructured the AT&T to kind of make it work better with all like the uh, amateurs and stuff out there. And they just kind of, you know, just failed to finish tournament. Like they looked at the forecast. They knew it was supposed to be shitty. There's so many alternatives. Last week's event ended on a Saturday. They could have done some sort of revised schedule to make sure this at least got a full, you know, four rounds in, but I don't know. It felt like a very soft finish from the PGA Tour, especially amid, you know, when we'll get into the live finish, that like kind of, you know, was every kind of, you know, all those stars kind of out to play. You just kind of missed out, I feel like, a lot here. Definitely a W in the live column this week and an L in the PGA Tour column. And I don't see I, a, I totally disagree with that. Please oh, elaborate. Okay. For, okay, once again, no one was watching live on the CW except for like maybe a few of us hardcore golf fans. I actually watched it for about 10 minutes on the CW, but I couldn't be wow. sure if it was. I couldn't be sure if it was live or not. And how much did you watch Colin on the just PGA said a few Tour of us golf Zero. fans? Ooh. Like, yeah. Debunked Colin. Okay, well, still it, it's it's a signature event. It's our, it's PGA Tour's first signature event. We were all invested through Saturday. Like we were texting going crazy about Wyndham 60 on Saturday. All right, because you and Ben were texting. It doesn't mean we well, were, like, all were texting. 
It's just because Good point. Like, the, I'm sorry that they can't control the weather. Like if they would have played the Sunday round, no one would have been watching live. You can't say that. You can't say otherwise. If they would have played on Sunday, you're right. Our, our ears would have been you, glued in because it would have been like you're preposterous. Tell, you're telling me that you guys would have been watching Joaquin versus Sergio and Mayakoba versus Ludwig and Scotty trying to chase down it, Wyndham. It, it's not that. At Pebble it's, Beach. It's the fact that what happened was they just didn't finish the tournament. Well, they, they had literally a hurricane shelter in place. I, I, I understand it, but like they, were, they could have finished on Tuesday. could have adjusted the schedule accordingly like they had last week. They added a Saturday finish. Yeah, was, they can't just like move the tournament yeah, up a day. It's just not that simple. Of. No, it is. Yeah, they were all there. Logistics. They were all life. there early. Could have just gone to X Golf and played the. Yeah, they could, there's so many possibilities. <laughs> yeah, like they could have done a you know a 36 hole thing on Saturday. There's all sorts of possibilities they could have done, especially because they had a smaller field overall. They they just didn't adapt the schedule. That's the only idea I think that could have worked is them play 36 on Saturday. I think they could have done that because everyone's playing Pebble. Could have done it, but you know you kind of always roll the dice with the weather. But I think in this case, they knew how bad it was going to be, so it just felt like. Wait, have they ever? I don't think the PGA Tour's ever done that. Said said like, okay, weather's supposed to be bad Sunday. We're playing all thirty six today on Saturday. That's never been done before. They're not going to have the foresight to do it now. But you don't think that that would have been a better solution than just yeah, sure. Well, well, thinking about it now, sure, yeah, really, really. They simple knew what the weather was. What happens if they did thirty six on Saturday? Everyone's bitching about it, and then Sunday, <laughs> Monday, it's like, oh, the rain never happened, and the, and then you'd be saying the exact opposite. But I mean, it's deprived of a Sunday. Seemingly. Finish. It was a pretty, you know, foregone conclusion that it was going to be a horrible storm. It wasn't didn't pop up out of nowhere. I also don't know what happened on Monday. From what Colin was saying, it looked like it maybe cleared well, up the just statement. Here in the the statement was strange because the, so they called it Sunday night. Like they kept pushing it off, pushing it off Sunday, like morning, and eventually Sunday afternoon they said we're going to play it Monday, and then Mon- or Sunday night they said all right, it's over. Wyndham's the champion. But in their the PGA Tour statement, they said. It's supposed to be really bad through tomorrow morning and then start to clear up in the afternoon. But, like, if that's the case, then why wouldn't... I agree they should have just, like, maybe considered delaying it until then. But still, I mean, there's so much that goes into these tournaments that, like, we... as like, decisions that we probably can't even think about. (laughs) I mean, I agree with that. Exactly. The coordination of it has got to be a We can't just sit here and say, like, yeah, man, they should have played all 36 on Saturday or they should have just pushed it back a few days. Like, there's so much shit that goes into these tournaments that we'll never even consider. You act like they haven't adapted to weather before, though. Like, this isn't... What are you guys even arguing about? (laughs) I don't think... I think think overall, it just feels like there's maybe not much they could have done and Mother Nature was just always going to play the Joker here, but it just... It felt like it was going to be a huge week... It was going to be an elevated event at one of the most iconic courses in the world. And Wyndham Clark taking on the trophy just didn't feel very fitting. Stupid question. The tournament this week, does it start on Wednesday? No, it plays on Sunday, but because the Super Bowl is late. Gotcha. Yeah. Carrying on. I think the, I mean, like, I haven't, admittedly, I haven't watched a lot of golf these first few weeks, but I feel like the arrow pointing up for Liv is a pretty dangerous thing for the PGA. Like, it's not a new take, but I don't think the PGA can take, like, so many more like losses like say this goes on for three six months and there's like boring finishes like there's gonna be some repercussions like i i'm i know i think rom to live is actually like making an actual difference like to me i, I see it as 100%. more legitimate i know we're talking about live later but like it, no let's get know. into live let's get into live sorry so that's the that's the event that competed with pebble beach this week and we know that maybe pebble beach didn't live up to all that we had hoped it would but because they didn't play on sunday the only golf to watch was live mayakoba and like you said, John Rahm and his Legion 13 team were making their debut. They had the lead going into Sunday. 
Caleb Surratt, the rookie, the kid from Tennessee, I think he was one or two over through his first eight or nine holes and then birdied five or six, his five or six last holes and ended up kind of clinching the event for Legion 13. And then, right, this event goes to a playoff with Joaquin Neiman and Sergio Garcia where they play two playoff holes and then they go to the third playoff hole and it's pretty much dark. Like, you could see how bright the scoreboards were behind the green. They were practically illuminating the green. And it just felt like this was a big opportunity for Liv and they capitalized. Yeah, it, it feels like... Yeah, Colin's 100% right. You know, if... Smooth it over. Yeah, quit trying to... Well, no, no. <laughs> if, if the PGA Tour event had been going on, yes, that would have captured the spotlight. But the fact of the matter is we got that... It got an unsatisfying Heart finish. Steven, uh. We got a very unsatisfying finish from the PGA Tour and then a very exciting where you had those big names that were promised in a designated event and that Liv has been saying, we're going to put the best players out there. You're going to get to see them. We got that from one. We didn't get that from the other. And you Sergio, can't tell me those are not notable names. Joaquin versus Sergio, the biggest and then names. John Rahm was on their heels. He finished like third. Like there was, they were all John Rahm went water ball on seventeen, <laughs> and then bogeyed eighteen. So bogey, bogey finished to lose by one. Yeah, I think the TV numbers came out, and they were set up to just blow everything they've ever done out of the water because there was no Sunday round to compete with, and they only did like a hundred thousand more viewers than they otherwise have been doing. I think I mean, I'm not saying the CW is going to, you know, you still get your attentions. I'm just saying from a golf perspective, from anyone that a golf nerd, like a Colin or a Ben or Tippy one for 10 minutes, like <laughs> they're, they're like, you captured that audience except for maybe Colin. I guess. Do you guys know if you want to watch on the live golf app now, you have to make a profile. I misspelled my name on purpose. Well, so, so that's a, that's an interesting point too. And this, this goes to what Ken's saying about, you know, the adaptation and the PGA kind of downtrending live. Yeah. They don't have many viewers, but they're doing all this cool shit. You can now go on the app and watch every single shot hit, which the only other time you can do that is the masters. And it just makes following it so much better. And not that I did that, but it's just the, the, the sign that they're adapting and they're trying to bring this media into a, into the 21st century that the PGA tour just can't do. Yeah, and that they've been asked to do for the last decade. I think the acceleration of technology is a good one. I think either Google or Amazon is helping live to essentially like a shot link thing where you're literally able to watch every single shot, kind of like how you do at the Masters, right, on the Masters app, but the PJ Tour is just lagged behind. And that's that's one of the most interesting things that to watch for with the Strategic Sports Group Alliance with PGA Tour, whatever that actually means, is like, is us as the fans just going to continue getting screwed? All this money just goes to sponsors or players, and us as the fan and our viewing experience just continues to be so shitty. Also, there uh, for the waste management this week, there was a right a Monday qualifier, and it was four guys for three spots. Like that's the kind of stuff you want to see, right? But you'll never see it because yeah. it's just not like fiscally they can't they can't make money on it, right? It's just like, but that's the kind of stuff we want to see. So even though Liv is shelling out a ton of money, it seems like they're a little bit more invested in the product of what they're putting on TV than the PGA Tour is. PGA Tour is just trying to make money. Colin, rebuttal? Uh, I mean, I didn't watch this weekend. Like I said, <laughs> I can't really speak to the live event. I completely agree with Dub that I think the deal that happened last week is a step in the right direction for the PGA Tour. However, the players getting more money doesn't really mean anything to me. I want to know where where the influx of cash is going to be spent to where it's going to make the the viewership and the fans are more supported. Isn't that, if that money keeps the players in the PJ tour, isn't that a big deal? Like they have to start with that, right? Like they've got more guys. That's step leave. one. Yeah. That's I mean, step one. And then that doesn't, but like as a fan, that means nothing to me. Yeah. But if they're not there to watch, they might mean, but something. they're already committed. Like them getting more, they're not going to leave if they don't get more money. I don't think. <clears throat> 
Like, well, the, the, the yeah. will slowly no, no. start to trickle out. I the think. PGA, yeah. okay, but the PGA Tour is never going to compete with them, going to be able to compete yeah. with the funding that Liv's going to provide. Like them doing that and giving the players that are on the PGA Tour mon- more money now, if they want to go to Liv, they're still going to go to Liv because they're going to get 50 million compared to like a few million on the PGA Tour. Yeah. I don't know where Liv's getting all this money. They must be printing it somehow illegally. I don't know. Well, I saw, and I didn't Oil. get in, I didn't get into this, but I saw oh, about how Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia is trying to like change the regime of oh, yeah. planet Earth and how the money they're investing in sports and stuff. Like their vision seems, it's, it seems like it's kind of working. Like they're they're getting strongholds in major influential sports and places around the world. It's it's quite interesting. And I don't think it's a good thing either. Have yeah, you seen, and you guys are buying right into it. <laughs> they're trying to build bunch a bunch of lemmings. They're yeah. trying to build a seventy-five mile long. City building. Have you seen that? Inside? It's just I have seen called that. the line. Unbelievable. It's be the worst but, thing of all time. But the more, the Sounds more like I, what Trump's doing along <laughs> Texas. Well, people just can't live in that thing. The more I track this whole live thing, and like, like I've said, I don't really watch it. It's not interesting enough to turn it on TV. But like this, this team thing is intriguing. It just this, currently sucks. This dynamic yeah. is like right now. There's you see these press conferences and these guys on the same team like riffing back and forth and like there's something there. I don't think mixing it together with individual and and it all just this commingled mess is the right answer. But I think if you had teams on the PGA Tour and did like a team only major somewhere in the world, like that would be pretty cool as the fan of watching these guys with this camaraderie kind of kind of go forward. They need to fix the team thing because it does. You're right; it does not work mixed in with the individual event. It all just kind of you can't really track it. It feels like it's all like what is it? It's, you know, you take everyone's score, two scores from the first two days, and then the three scores the last day or something. It's 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 all messed. Like it, I feel like they need to transition the team thing to be some sort of match play thing, whether it's going simultaneously with or what's going on. I don't know, but it, it does. The team play doesn't work. But I, I think there needs to be that in golf more regularly. I just think the names are dumb. Like they're for, they're <laughs> yeah, for, they're I mean, for like they're thirteen year old different. kids that play like you Fortnite. Don't like, you don't like Legion thirteen? No, and like Rom's face is like like looking at us weirdly DJ like K- a hawk. Another one. Just name <laughs> it Team Rom. Name it Team Rom. Like just name it after your captain. I don't know if you also know that. So there's what forty eight players on live, but they also added two solo players to play in every event the rest of the season. So it's like that just feels weird. Are I don't know like, how that works. Are they like the benchmark? Like the scratch golfer to go out there and see. No, if they they're shoot. still pros, but it just feels weird. Like it's supposed to be team oriented, even though there's an individual leaderboard. But then they just throw two random guys out there for every tournament. It's kind of they got to figure that out. What team does Vic slot on? Right, he withdrew this yeah, week. Vic and Xander, not to mention Xander, Xander two guys that are just playing by themselves. That's Vic the best. Yeah, right. That's the best bit of the week. Anytime someone leaves, someone just texts like, "Going to live." Going to live. <laughs> Can't make the plans. Going to live. Can't make the podcast. Going to live. All right, I had this slated for uh, slated for later in the podcast, but I think it's good to talk about it now. So wait, we know that Joaquin Joaquin won a great event this week with you know beating Sergio and John Rom. Like, and I know the bottom half of live is a little tough, but Joaquin's fifty nine that he shot in round one actually is like the fourth best strokes gained round since two thousand and four. Uh, just for some perspective, Bryson's fifty eight. He shot at Greenbrier. Is like not even in the top three fifty of strokes gained round in the last twenty years. But I think Wyndham's. 60 was like outside of the top 200 or something right. like that. So like in comparison to how guys were playing, Joaquin just played amazingly in that first round. But so Joaquin wins in a playoff against Sergio Garcia. He goes down in the overall world golf ranking points, but that's because we know live don't get world golf ranking points. And then Wyndham wins an event where he doesn't even have to play a fourth round to win it. And he goes up from 10th to sixth in the overall world golf ranking points. What do you guys think? Like, I think there are some major hurdles between getting live world golf ranking points and where they are now. I think, you can't have guys like Lee Westwood automatically qualify for an event and come in 10th and get world golf ranking points. But 
he didn't qualify for it. He's just like an essentially like a figurehead captain for this team. I think there are a lot of issues with getting them world golf ranking points, but we got to figure out how we get these guys into majors. Are you saying they should get world golf ranking points for the live events? No, I think that majors yeah, need to <laughs> readjust how they pick their fields. I know, Augusta, I think Augusta has a little bit of flexibility with who they can invite, mm-hmm. but it seems like all these other majors are just, you know, de facto using world golf ranking points to figure out who their field is, plus all their little, little tiny exemptions from guys that have won or amateurs that get in, et cetera. But I think these these majors need to adopt a different system where they take, you know, anybody that's won on these major tours in the past 12 months, and then they pretty much just fill out to like a certain level, and then they, you know, they pick all the best players from around the world. So get rid of get rid of the world golf rankings. That's what you're saying. Like it feels obsolete right now. Yeah, give me like the top ten guys from Live, top ten from whatever tour you want, and let whatever their scoring system is. You got ten guys yeah. from each of those, and then make eighty guys from the PGA Tour if you still want to keep it PGA Tour heavy. Yeah, you, you just need like a panel. This this feels like a, maybe a weird question, but like who who does the official world golf rankings like? Who, who just decided, like, I'm going to be this person in the PJ Tour, and everyone just started being like, yeah, okay, that works, and, like, approved well, this. Well, I, like, I, don't, I don't know the exact answer to that question, but it's clear it's so self-interested. Yeah. It's like, just, it's not yeah. capturing the best golfers in the world no. and their rankings. It's just... I don't know about self-interest. Like, they have criteria that has to be met, and I think that's appropriate, but I think they need to adjust their criteria to figure out how they're going to rank players that aren't playing in these sanctioned events that it, they call. It feels like somebody wrote a formula in an Excel spreadsheet <clears throat> 65 years ago, and then they just don't know how to, like, change it. Excel yeah. didn't exist I mean, 65 I can't update ago. this formula. We're screwed. Excel is something. <laughs> 65th anniversary. This guy finds out about V-lookup. He's like, oh, my God, 72. we get everyone on the field. I mean, maybe this is, this is going to be a dumb comparison, but, like, you know, the like with the Oscars, the Academy Awards are, like, people that are nominated are selected by a body of, like, 1,800 people around the world that are, like, Actors, directors, producers, writers, editors, and people actually know what they're talking about. They just vote on the top ten films. Yeah, but so I like would, you just take different past players, writers, to, you just vote on who's going to be in the top 150 people that are going to be in majors. So, so like, all doesn't of that those, just become like you know college football or or like the baseball hall, or the Hall of Fame? Well, that's or like, that's college football. That. College football is like 12 guys, and baseball Hall of Fame is like 100 guys. But so still, I mean, you scale it a little bit more. You know, but it is then. Then you, know, I think, a lot I'm of bias just, comes into that, doesn't it? it? Uh, it's always going to be bias. I'm just pitballing. You know, so like a movie doesn't have to be produced in English to be considered for an Academy Award, yeah. right? Like Maybe around it, the world, it's international exactly. now. Like yeah. I feel like that's a similar criteria to why we're not letting live in. I feel like it's a similar comparison. Like it just happened recently, though. It's just happened recently. The Academy Awards used to be like all Hollywood people, and they opened it up to the whole world recently. Yeah, that's I why think that that's a first. similar comparison. Like if it's not in English, it can't be appropriately graded. Kind of like maybe how you can't appropriately grade live, but I think they need evolution. Yeah, I, I objectively speak. You can't say they're not giving live OWGR points because of their format. Like clearly, it's they're protecting the PGA Tour and and all this. And you're right. Like the majors are really doing us a disservice as fans of of not having a better criteria and letting in Joaquin and all those other guys who wouldn't otherwise qualify. Clearly, they're better than a lot of guys on the PGA Tour that are going to get in these majors. I think I think I'm, I'm not in complete disagreeance with them being in the pocket of the PGA Tour, right? I'm that's not a foregone conclusion, but I do think that they're just really strict about their criteria and the way Live is set up being a 54-hole shotgun event <clears throat> with guys that get in that by no other means are qualified for the event. They're just essentially paid for by as a figurehead for their team. Like they should like they shouldn't be getting points. So they need to figure out a way to get guys points that are playing good but that have qualified. So I actually the only thing I think that can save Live in this whole argument is that they're utilizing like a relegation system. Mm-hmm. But I think right now the guys, there are certain guys smart. that are uh, inept to being relegated, right? The certain Lee Westwoods Captains. and the captains <laughs> and some of the bigger guys. 
But I think if relegation is allowed for everyone, then I think live then becomes you have to qualify, play good enough to get on the tour, and then I think they might allow them to get world golf ranking points. But I mean, I get, for the most part, you could argue that a lot of these guys have already played good enough to get on the tour. Like, with maybe the exception of those people that have come right out of college, like that 19-year-old that was is on John Ron's team, and then I guess it was like uh, James Pyatt or whatever. But, I mean, even he had played in a major and all that kind of stuff at that point. I think they've all more than qualified. They're all, you know, oh, solid I think there golfers. Are, I think there are a dozen players on live right now that would not qualify for a PGA Tour event based on, like, status. And even if they got world golf ranking points over the last 12 months. Sure, but, I mean, realistically, we're never going to see the live event get the same amount of points at the PGA Tour. Just, like... You know, the DP World Tour events don't get the same amount of point or any of the Asian tours or any of that. I don't feel they signed up for that. When you went, when you took the yeah. contract, when you took the millions of dollars to go to live, like you knew that that was a possibility and probably honestly a foregone conclusion. So, like, I, I think there's two different conversations here. From a fan's perspective, sure, I'd love to be see the best live players playing in the majors against the best PGA Tour players. But, like, looking at it from the live players' perspective, like, I don't think they have any like leg to stand on to complain and ask for official world golf ranking points. Like you knew when you went to live that you probably were going to be like cut out of some of this. So like, yeah. if you want to, if you want to right. be in the U.S. Open, if you want to like qualify, then go play in the freaking Open qualifiers. Go play in the Dubai events like Joaquin did earlier this year, and then come in a top five like he did. Yeah. I think you're right. I generally, everything you just said, but like it, this is all just like a, a game that's made up. And the only thing that matters is the fans opinion. So yeah. if the fans want something, it's going to happen. So it's like, I guess like this first round of guys. Yeah. They probably, they probably should be penalized, but in the future of the next five, 10 years, probably there's probably going to be, have to be a way to get the best players in one place. Even if like people have to go back on things they said before, like I agree these first guys, they knew what they were getting into, but I don't know. It, like, if people want it, it's going to happen. And they might just have to invite the live guys, and they just suck. And then, like, then the next year, like, all right, we're not inviting them back. But they won't it's, suck. That's the thing. Yeah, like, top five will be good, but, like, 20 of them will be terrible. Like, you know, Lee Westwood plays, and he's like, oh, God, okay. Well, it's, it's interesting. I saw Carlos Ortiz just came out today and said something like, when we signed these live contracts way back when, they promised us within a year, yeah, we're getting no WGR points. Uh-huh. Now, I don't feel sorry for them at all because, you no. know, you're – they just told them whatever, and they got like, a bag. It's oh yeah, like great, awesome. Like instead of actually thinking about what that would mean, but yeah, it, it is interesting that they're now complaining about it. But I, I think back to last year, the U, like you said, the U.S. Open qualifiers. Who was it that like notoriously was bitching about not having the opportunity to play, and then didn't play in any of the qualifiers? Probably Sergio. Yeah, and it was like probably Sergio. Okay, well, exactly you have a path to play. Granted, yeah, it's it's a lot harder than just qualifying on your own merit, but <clears throat> it's there. Like, there is the path to play, but I think what happens is it becomes a little undeniable. Like, they should be getting something in terms of these points. When you, I get it, the bottom half of live, not much to, you know, write about, t- take home there. But when the top half is arguably people that would be top 100 players or even top 50 players on the PGA Tour, it's kind of hard to deny the 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 live golf league has some level of merit especially when mini tour events and all these other that are officially sanctioned events a lot of these other things get world golf rankings from these you know other you know formats whatever that are occurring it feels like you have to for any real legitimacy in the official world golf rankings you have to give some credit to this league and what it's put together that's where i'm kind of coming from i agree with colin i'm really not defending the players they definitely took a chance and they're not getting world golf ranking points but i am defending golf by saying that majors without these guys 
just don't feel right. So I think that these majors are just, OG, OWGR is just going to become obsolete and these majors are going to adopt their own scoring system and who they pick mm-hmm. to invite. And that's just going to be it. I don't know. We Make don't it a really lottery need, system. Yeah. You know, based off last, past finishes, all that kind of stuff. I think they Make could have really a ton of criteria and they're just going to get the best fields. Like OWGR is just going to fall to the wayside because it's irrelevant to figure out who's getting into the majors. Like you can't really compare people. It is what it is. Well, I think this leads into a, another conversation of, Ricky's quotes and Justin Thomas's quotes from today about whether or not the live players should have to kind of earn their way back on the PGA tour. If there is that merge that everyone's expecting. I think um, that one's fine. That's a, that's a tour you got to qualify to get into. Like you got to play from the ranks up. Okay. Well, okay. Well, what's the difference between that and what we're talking about? Then? Well, to get into the majors, you can still be one of the best golfers so, in the world. But so you're qualify. saying, all right, you can get in the major, but if you want to come back to the PGA tour, like you, you have to, you have to start in like, like you have, you haven't earned anything. Yeah, I would say so. They because they left the PJ Tour by choice, right? They chose to depart from the PJ Tour to go play on Live, but I don't think that that's the case with the majors. I think the majors are just in a weird spot right now with not recognizing Live as an official tour, but they will eventually. Are we talking about like qualifying versus like an exemption? Like, isn't there are there two different? Those are kind of it's kind of the two different conversations, right? That's I think that's what I'm saying is you kind of get exempt based on your talent to majors, but to qualify for so the PJ Tour, basically. which is a grind, right? You got to probably go, but you got to redo everything. Yeah, unless you use like analytics, but it's a very gray area. I'm like, if you're talented enough, you know, like making the argument that Joaquin beats Sergio is like Sergio is like kind of bad at golf now, <laughs> like you know, like <laughs> probably like so, eighty to hundred in the world. Ken yeah, versus Sergio coming up soon I on mean, YouTube. Give me, <laughs> give me like ten more years, I could probably beat him. <laughs> I he'll saw be, this really great old. this really great tweet. It's like you got a three handicap right now, and you got a fifteen handicap right now. And the three handicap told the fifteen that ev- over the next ten years you will not beat me. And Ever. I said, who would you take in that argument? Ten years for a fifteen um, handicap to grind, to maybe beat a three handicap one time. I'm taking the fifteen. I think I'm taking the fifteen too. A just single a, time, just oh, one, one time. time, just one time. You don't need ten years to do that. I beat Dub in league once. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's important. Yeah, but he would have yeah. clobbered you on the back nine. <laughs> well, <laughs> I tied. I tied. Dub would have been so nervous. This is an eighteen hole match, not nine. Yeah. Do you know how nervous Ken would have been on that back nine? It's like when he has eight putts through eight holes. Gotta get a snake golf belt. I think snake skin. That's belt. that'll do it probably. Yeah. All right, let's let's fast forward here to this week, right? We got the waste management Phoenix Open. I think it's probably even just called the Phoenix Open now. I think they dropped the waste management. It's just WM. WM. Yeah, they just don't want to be connotated with with waste. Ju- waste. Post Malone called <laughs> out of the dumpster. No <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's not an elevated event this year, but it's still like a fun event. We did lose Xander Schauffele and Vic Hovland, which makes this event considerably less talented. Like now, you pretty much just got. Pretty much like Scotty, JT, Jordan. Outside of that, it's you know, it's it's good, it's good players. But you got Wyndham Clark, who just won. You got the winner, winner from last week, Wyndham Clark. But it should be a fun event, right? Even though it's not elevated, it doesn't necessarily need the elevated tag to be kind of fun for the fans to watch. We know they got that par three where if anyone makes a hole in one, the beers are going to go flying. I still think about when Sam Ryder made his hole in one. Like watching the repeat highlights of that, it makes you, it gives you goosebumps because the roar of the crowd is like Tiger at Augusta kind of esque. And the beers go flying, and I think he was first to tee off in his group, so it took them like ten minutes to clear all the beer cans off of the green for the next couple of guys to hit, and there were bumps Did and it. dents <laughs> all through it the whole entire day. So it should be a fun event, though. Uh, you guys got any picks for this event? I think uh, this is the first week of our fantasy golf league that we're all joining. So Ken, 
you, know, you pick a player after round one and you can only pick that player once in an entire season. So, you know, who are you guys looking at, even though we're not going to make our pick until after the first round? I don't think I realize that's how that works. Yeah, you don't so make a pick until after the first round. You get round. to see how the first round goes. So ideally you can make sure to not pick someone who misses the cut, barring uh, it, like a big collapse, especially because you can only pick them once. But um, your alternates are in for the whole season, so I have to get those in. We're, we're getting close. We're still to trying to that. figure that part out. We're not hundred percent sure. We're not sure. I think that if you pick your alternates, but then if you if if you happen to use one of your alternates, then you could replace them. Uh, or I think if right if an alternate gets hurt or something is out for a large portion of the yeah. season, you could probably replace okay. them. But we're getting clarification. So let's run down the top ten here. You guys tell me who you like. So we got Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, Max Homa, Sam Burns, Jordan Spieth, Sung J M, Minwoo Lee, Tom Kim. Cam Young and Matt Fitzpatrick. Matt Fitzpatrick was playing pretty good at Pebble there. Um, Cameron Young, I think that's one you got to look out for this coming year. He hasn't played that great to start off, um, but I think he was. Uh, he came in second to Rory at a Dubai event, so kind of just getting his feet back underneath him. Scotty's defending champion, yep. right? It was last back year to back defending champion. Oh wow, yep. the two time. <clears throat> Who did he beat? Nick Taylor last year, and then Cantley the year before. Yeah, the Cantley one was a playoff, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Cantley not in the field this week. Yeah, for the first time in like. Five years, I feel like here. Going to live? Probably going to live. Probably going to live. If Cantlay goes to live, the world's going to burn. Because yeah. he's like the only guy I can imagine not. Him and Tiger and He's Murray like the, the face three. of the PGA Tour. Like behind the scenes. It's crazy. Goldman Sachs got that Saudi money. You kidding me? Get out of here. He's DeWalt. <laughs> that now. and Valspar. <laughs> no. yeah, DeWalt. That's such a great sponsor. I think other than like Scotty, who is should be in his clear favorite here after winning twice in a row, it, I, I do really like Justin Thomas. I think he's playing really well right now, especially considering the way he finished last year. If he hit some more putts last Saturday, he would have like been a clear like runner-up in this tournament. Um, I don't think he could have caught Wyndham 60, but he... Uh, and looking at his form here, I think he like his past like ten starts here. He, he seems to play this event every year, and I don't think he's finished outside the top twenty in any of those starts. If I read read it right today, so I think he's earned that number two favorite spot, and uh, I think he's a pretty good pick this week. Yeah, I can't. I don't want to agree with Colin, but I do agree with that, especially because he is one of the guys like he can be a huge dick to the crowd, but when it's like set up where it's supposed to be that environment. He'll play up the you know that whole that sixteenth hole, so if, you know he can kind of thrive in that environment that I feel like a lot of people you know kind of lose focus or whatever. So I think he he has that chance, and I I kind of think there's to go win the event three times in a row. I feel like there's a lot the value at Scotty at plus five hundred or whatever he's at right now. Like it's just not there. That's got that's so hard to do. So I, I do like the JT pick. He has been playing well. Wouldn't in terms of fancy golf, it wouldn't be the approach I would take because of you know, where this stands in the money thing and how that works. So we'd probably, you know, avoid some of those top, top guys. But that is the big kind of thing you got to think about with this fantasy golf league we're getting in is we get whatever our player gets. So if our player wins this event, they're going to get $1.5 million. And that ranks like something like 20th out of roughly 30 couple events when you look at it in the grand scheme of things. So your majors are going to be big, your players going to be big, and your FedEx Cup playoff events are going to be big. So even if a big star wins this event, I'm not sure a lot of guys are going to be spending their Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth picks just quite yet. Did you see the email that came out today, the question? <laughs> somebody somebody wanted to know a little bit more about the payout. No. Like, like really dug into it. They probably mapped out like a spreadsheet of the winner payout of every tournament, and they've got like an algorithm of, of which tournaments to hone in on the top guys. And 
it's like, wow, that guy's done a lot more this research guy was a, than this I This guy have. was alluding to the fact that he thinks the winner might make more than they did last year. And I, at an elevated at an event last event, year versus so in normal. It's about a million and a half less than it would have been last year. I you haven't know, read any of these emails. Yeah, I'm, I'm missing all that. Time. <laughs> I noticed that you were not on the list yet. Of, oh, yeah, you got to make sure you uh, check that well, out. Well, I paid it. I just sent it to him right now, the money. Okay. <laughs> While we were recording. So that's probably why he wasn't. Yeah, welcome. I welcome. Yet. Welcome. I, no, no, I don't well, think Dove or myself. This guy's like, I know he's not. If Ken doesn't pay me, I'm not putting on the list. Send me my the, my name to him, so I assumed he him. called you fresh meat. To the well, guy and Eric's Gmail picture, he has a lot of hair, so I didn't. Did you know see Eric? He looks like fifteen in that picture. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> you know, a guy I'm looking out for this week is actually Sahith Dagala. I think right, it's a guy that's he needs a good to, debut here. Yeah, really good right? debut, and really should have won, but his drive went into the water on. Is it 17? No, 16 is 17. the 17. 16 is the part three. He drove it into the water on 17 and kind of dashed his hopes. Otherwise, I think he would have been in to that playoff. I think he would have been at that playoff with Cantlay and Scotty. So I don't know. I think Sahith, this, this course fits in pretty well, wider fairways, and uh, I just look for him to get the putter rolling. You know who I'm looking at? I'm looking at uh, Brian Harmon this week. Uh-huh. I, I really like him with like a rowdier crowd. Um, you kind of see him playing to the crowd every once in a while, although he does have that steadiness to him where he's not hitting the ball crazy far, but he's just going to keep it in play. I think Harmon's like perfect for this event, and he's way down on uh, the odds list. So this plus, could, I got him plus 7,500 here. Yeah, so this could be a great opportunity for, yeah, one. you don't want to burn one of your top 10 guys or top 15 guys in this tournament. And Harmon's not that, but he's going to be one of those guys that contends. You'll see him five times a year, always up there. I think it's such. it's actually really tough how to figure this out because I think that Scotty is going to win this event. It's one of those events where Scotty's just going to shoot – Four under, three under, four under, being contention on Sunday and just put up a nice solid five under Sunday round. And some of these guys are going to fold because he might not have some big names around him. Picking Scotty this week wouldn't be the worst idea ever because the week you end up do you do pick him he comes if he in third if he doesn't win. So one point five million is still more than the six hundred k he would get in third. So unless you just, you're taking you just want your, us to pick Scotty, you're trying to do some big brain play. No, here. I'm thinking about picking Scotty. You guys are really really digging into this fantasy. League. You guys want just going to pick who I ever came to mind and if I try to win every week. You guys want to hear the deep value. Daniel Flippin' Burgers. Mm. Plus 15,000. Never the same after his out-of-bounds argument. Is that to finish the tournament? <laughs> I, I guess. I just saw him on the list scrolling through the odds. I just saw Make him. I was like, holy shit, 15, he's there. Did, uh, is Nick Dunlop playing? Oh. He's a pro. I saw he was uh, DFL last week, right? Yep, don't have him in the field this week. <laughs> I just emailed this, well, this none guy. None of them really finished the tournament. So. I'm on the distribution list now. But you pick after the first round in this league? Yeah. Because... So Again, no picks have been made right now. No picks have been made. The the concept oh, my being, in Scotty being that, you know, you can only pick a guy once, so you'd kind of get... Yeah, it's like an eliminator pool. You, you'd get screwed over if you had to pick him before the tournament. How often yeah. do people miss cuts and stuff like that, especially when you only pick him one time? So to try to avoid you being at the end of the year and be like, well, there's nobody I can pick in these playoffs and stuff like that. But what are the two alternates? If you if forget, you forget to make a pick, it just will automatically fill it with that person, assuming they're in the tournament. So you've already sent alternates. I don't yes. think. No, I don't think it's if you forget. I think if it, you pick someone and they like drop out or get hurt or something. Mm-hmm. I think it's if you don't make a pick. <laughs> but it's sent via email or yeah, yeah, like keep generally <laughs> if you if you don't make a pick. chambering it every yeah. week after I forget. You we will definitely forget, and our alternates will be used. Yeah. So you're you're trying to pick alternates. You're trying to pick guys that play a lot, make a lot of cuts because. 
Whoever you pick as your alternate, if they're A, not in the field, or B, don't make the cut, then you just get $0 regardless. Are we going to have it. Eric on the podcast next week to explain how this explain thing the works? Rules. This is very league adjacent. Well, it starts this, or is this week a practice run? No, this no, is a real week. one. But <laughs> like, no, I really, no I, really did, I really did think it was a I practice run this week. The WM well, was I, the practice. I swear it said it was. Yeah. I just looked at my emails. I definitely heard that. It was Why buried. Why a practice round? I don't know. I thought I do it every week because we talked for 10 minutes. We have no clue how it works. It was like, sorry, my third grandson is visiting. I can't. I had to kick the guy that runs the league's like 65. Who am I emailing? do a couple mock drafts. There's over 115 people in this league now, so that's like 11 grand. So, like, the winner's going to get like six, five, six grand. That and a 1099. He better be paying out the interest that he's making on keeping our money. Put it in crypto, bud. Any other picks? Or you don't want to share them? Everyone's just being so secretive. Colin, you just. I can give you a few others if you want. Yeah, yeah, please. I mean, obviously, I'll be rooting for my guy, Sam Burns. He, I think he played really well last week, a little under the radar. Good bounce back from blowing up at the uh, American Express. Um, obviously, I'll be rooting for Min Woo Lee out there. He's one of my favorite players. And then Great. deep down in the field, which I don't know why this guy still has really bad odds, Christian Bezade note. I saw him. He, like, he, nice so he won all of the money at the American the Express because he came in Christian. second. He like had the lead for most of the first round last week. The guy puts the lights out, and I think this could be... I don't know why his odds are still like so bad. It seems like no one really knows about him yet. Plus twelve thousand. That yeah. is deep. So I think that's that's really good value for your money. Do so you know he had a stuttering problem when he was a kid yeah. and overcame he ate that rat poison? Right. What? Yeah, he terrible stuttering stuttering problem Gee. when he was a kid. So he overcame that and speaks pretty fluently now. But they interviewed him after the American Express win, where he got the winner's check but came in second. And you could tell it was making him a bit uncomfortable when he was stuttering a little bit, but he got through it. But I just needed to give props to whoever that reporter was talking to him. He, like, really kept him positive and kept him going. I thought it was a great interview. So I do have one thing I want to say, kind of go back to the golf league real quick. Dub, you and I, big brains, verbatim. By the way, FGL 2024 starts with the Genesis Open $20 million purse February 15th Shit! through 18th. We will do a practice week for those who need it in the week before for the Waste Management Open. What okay, does? practice? So that, you guys get to send one know. email on Friday? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. <laughs> so, but, but, <laughs> but the other emails made it seem like it will start. So I don't know. We got to get okay. some clarity here. Do you send well, your this, pick this, will, this one says right time? here, we start this oh, Thursday. With the read, read a couple paragraphs down. This they must chaos. be in this by Wednesday chaos. next week, February 14th. This alternates. is so contradictory. So clearly next week is... So do I need to practice or not? Do you what week does this start? And the alternates at the same time? Who is like Scott? And you how do you send your them? alternates once? Do you email him directly or do you put yeah. on the sheet? He needs like you an email app him directly and he this. puts like, them on. This has got to be a full-time job, like entering... You email this guy directly and you say, here's my pick and you can do it while you work. It's fine. You get two alternates for the whole year. Not every week, but we are we're gaining clarification from Scott if those alternates can are be changed. <laughs> are we uh, I alternates? I'm more confused because I got next here. week. So, yeah, we, so we, we, we'll no, figure, no resolution we'll, there. We yeah, we'll figure out when the FGL starts. Oh, I, think, yeah. I think it sounds like this week. Why is, is it called the round. FGL? I don't get it. Fantasy Golf League. Yeah, but like it sounds like it's like a very. It's just a, it's a money laundering front for Eric to steal six hundred dollars from us. It's an acronym. All right, so then we know we got our picks for the waste management, even though we may not need them. I think it starts with the Genesis, but we'll see. The last thing I wanted to close us out with, you guys. Sure about that? Yeah, I, sure. I, I I feel pretty positive. I would like Can to. Can I make a statement? Yes, please. If no. I w- if I win the FGL this year, all my profits are going to the podcast. Wow. Yeah. Can I make a statement? Yeah. If that I right win now. it, they're not. That's only if I win. If I come in second, I'm keeping it. Colin just becomes 100. percent What is what is the winnings? We talked. What's the payout? Were you listening? Millions. Millions. There's roughly 11k in this pot. We're we, 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 get, we get the same amount of money. I would that assume the five or six to the same tournament. percentage of the waste management. <laughs> <laughs> if I win, I'm sponsoring a, a gigantic X golf party for everyone. 
Do you imagine six grand for some fantasy <laughs> golf league? I sure, I'm sure none of us will win, just so we're all on the same page. I mean, Eric came in second last year listening to the podcast, so I think we Fair. got a good chance. All right. So then to close us out, <laughs> even though this may not be a popular topic, I think it's relevant. And even though Liv, I'm like sure. whether it was debated or not, if it took the starlight last week, Liv is playing in Las Vegas this week on the heels of the Super Bowl. They'll be playing Friday, Saturday, or Thursday, Friday, and Saturday leading up to the Super Bowl. I think we just got to talk a little bit about like the strategic direction of Liv. I think that them picking Las Vegas for their event this week, it shouldn't be slept on. I know it's maybe not a popular topic, a.k.a. for Colin, but I think them playing in Las Vegas is huge. Where are they? Colin just took his headphones. Colin took his headphones. Is it at the like what is, is it? it Shadow Creek or whatever the? I don't know is. the course. I'm assuming it's not a great course. Top per, golf per, Vegas. Per what Liv usually does, but them being in Vegas and they'll probably have some star power in their pro am for all the people that are there for the Super Bowl. I, I think that this might get a little more coverage than you think this week. What's the course in Tiger Woods where you could cut the course? That was Wolf Creek. <laughs> where you can, oh, Shadow that Creek, is. something like that. I think Wolf Creek right, is the one in Vegas. Cut across, cut right across. Like it's like a par five, but you can go like hundred. <laughs> But yeah, what like, are you laughing at off mic over here? I'm like the Colin sitting there in his LPGA sweatshirt, just hands on his stomach, <laughs> and back on the live combo. Yeah, I, there's something to what you're saying, but absolutely. I mean, this is such a slam dunk for them to be able to to line up with Super Bowl weekend. All those people there, if they have the chance to to go to this event, I'm assuming it's right downtown where everyone's going to be. Like, there's probably going to be a lot of people there. Yeah, it's the boots on the ground that's going to be big for them. You got everyone's going to lose their money at the casino. Go to the live golf event because it'll probably be affordable. To get into, have a great time. I did see something where uh, Caleb Surratt, the newest Legion 13 member, Caleb Wentz, he's what a, a I'm his biggest fan from college. He's not old enough to check into his hotel room <laughs> at the casino. <laughs> so yeah, Hatton had to take that bullet for him. And, <laughs> <laughs> and put his credit card down. <clears throat> but uh, they are playing at good. Las Vegas Country Club, which is six miles from the stadium. Okay. So, yeah, pretty close, straight in downtown. Is that a good course? I don't know the course very well. I'm assuming it's decent, but if I had to guess, it's not going to blow your socks off. Do you think the Lib golfers like have one of those you know $4 million suites at the game? Yeah, probably. They're all going to be in town. I mean, they're, they're going to be a storyline this week. I'm sure you're going to see the camera pan to John I guarantee. Rom. I guarantee they have a Super Bowl suite. I that's like the so that's yeah. I would guarantee that. Christian McCaffrey's parents don't, but yeah, but they don't have like do. they don't have like His Excellency's oil money either. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Brooks will get another one of those traffic cones like he did at that Panthers game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this is the perfect niche for them to line it up with with an event like the Super Bowl. Yeah, and it's a good mix because I feel like they're they're locked into certain venues like Greenbrier, you know, other places that aren't going to be a draw at all, other than people in the area. So to have a have a true destination like this, where there's hey, also this live thing going, no one's traveling for just live. So the fact that it's there, I think it's going to draw in a lot of people, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, if you think of the waste management as like the people's tournament, like golf's biggest like party kind of thing on the PGA Tour. Liv was already trying to be that, and then they're putting it in Vegas, which is obviously a party spot. Like realistically, you could see you know people that travel for that go to this if they're that looking to just get hammered on the golf course, have a you know be loud and ruckus, something that we would probably do. Colin's just staring blankly into this, <laughs> like, but like yeah, Colin's like in his head, he's like it's shit golf, and of course no one cares about, and it doesn't fucking matter, right? Oh. That's yeah, I great. don't think that... I agree. I mean, I kind of agree. I don't think Liv is getting any more legitimate. I think their golfers are getting better, but I still think they're putting out kind of a BS product. But it, being in Las Vegas is a big deal this week. You think anyone's going to be watching Liv this weekend with the Waste Management Phoenix Open and the Super Bowl on? I don't think I'm so. saying people that might travel to the Waste Management might now travel to the Live Golf event. If they were there to be on the 16th hole where it's 
loud, drinking, music, partying. They're broadcasting Saturday on the Sphere, right? Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> to dry heat. I mean, we'll see. It's, it's all about storylines for Liv at this point because, right, their product's not that much fun to watch. But I think that this is the kind of week that's going to produce a lot of big storylines for them, a lot of one-hit meme kind of things on Facebook and Instagram and stuff. So I think it'll be a big week for their growth. But, yeah, their product's still a little illegitimate. And one thing we can say for sure is that the first person to tell us about anything that happens on Liv is going to be Ben Martinez. I probably won't be watching, but I still think it's a big week for them you for Vegas? awareness. The yeah. podcast paying for you to I'll, fly out? I'll be, yeah, it's actually raising all the funds to oh, fly wow. me to Vegas. Very good. Next year's tax season, though, for a while. So. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the fact that we're going to be playing golf on Sunday, possibly? Oh. Pre Super Bowl? Hey, oh. Yes. What are I our think, expectations? I think we should. What are our expectations? Is it going to be 38 degrees? This is my first round this year. Off simulator. Is it? Is it going to be cold? It's supposed to be like oh, 50. 50. Are you guys going with Eric? Is that yes. what it is? Yeah. He just booked it, and then you guys are going to go? I'm, ex- I'm expecting to set the tone for the year and kick Colin's ass. Wait, but what about Eric? He's also going to be what, in the league. What if we're on the same team? Then I'll kick your ass, but we'll kick their ass, too. I do think you guys are going to be on the I think it's going to be there's me. There's levels to this. Eric and I are clearly the one four in this four. I don't, so it's I don't know about Eric that. We're on Eric's home course. I don't yeah, know. Eric at Clustered is like 1A. Fair. Definitely, yeah. What time are you playing? 8.30? Yeah, it's going to be a little chill. Temperature at 8.30, 44 degrees. That's not bad at all. Good job. I'm hoping it doesn't rain. It's supposed to rain on Saturday. So I expect car path only, and I'll be laying Um, up on par fives. Postpone till Monday, and then cancel it late on Sunday. Yeah, I'll just uh, 7 a.m. on Sunday. My my partner can't walk. we got to get at least 10 strokes. (laughs) We're going to have to take a cart. You know, every every (laughs) single person here has some sort of injury other than Ben. Pretty much. What's wrong what with is you? your injury? Uh, What's Dub's injury? My ankle's still <laughs> fucked up. Oh, uh, here we go. Been here on this that ankle was like for two three years. years. Dub was hobbling a few weeks ago. You're back now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most people here have injuries. I think it's just Tyler and Tully, but or Tully. Tyler says no, Tyler's actually okay blue. right now. Tyler is is okay. No, Tyler wears a sheet both, on his bed. Both shoulders hurt. It's just chronic at this point. It's not an actual. way different than an injury. You learn to deal with it. Chronic pain is different. I, I, think, have a, I think the real problem is the source of a lot of these injuries. Tyler took a sheet off his bed and hurt his shoulder. No, Colin no, was playing no, with his dog. No. There was a comforter too. <laughs> Colin was playing with his dog and hurt his ankle. Tyler was running an Ironman and I was hurt playing. His knee. I was playing this intense game of ping pong and slipped and hurt my potential See, all but, the ligaments in my knee. We got you ready for golf season though. Like I had, I have a pretty heavy table i need to move my house i went down the list of my friends i was like everyone most people are out of commission right now zippy's calf is tore was torn recently i'm like everyone's kind of can't move a big heavy thing called dutch i'm about to hurt something so i don't have to move this fucking table sounds heavy my shoulders hurt well you already helped me move my drywall in so i already i owe you for that still yeah you do yeah oh so i'm still covered on that one too that was a pretty heavy lift i have to say yeah me and tully we hooked you up there yeah i also picked up a table that i never saw any profits from when evelyn sold it Yep. Yeah, I got to eat. We just rolled it into the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we'll look forward to a good Sunday round. We'll uh, give you a recap next week. And uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. See you next time.